jambalaya and justice, personality and pokeballs, lingua and love, the Help Yourself Podcast, where in every episode, Brian and Nick invite you to help yourself to bite-sized philosophy. Welcome to Help Yourself, Food and Philosophy with Brian and Nick. I'm Nick. And I'm Brian. Brian can no longer count on me. But first, what are you eating, Brian? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes I depend on you. And, and then yeah. you're disappointed. <laughs> and now there's a specific... Yeah, and before I get to my food, that is the specific thing dependent upon... For all those out there listening that are familiar with Toastmasters, hopefully you are listening to our podcast, there is an award called the Distinguished Toastmaster that I am trying to get frantically. Well, I'm frantically trying to get, not trying to get it frantically. (laughs) I'm frantically trying to get it because the deadline to get all my requirements in is June 30th. Well, my vice president of education is supposed to be submitting my requirements, which are, are are now have been met. And my vice president of education for my club is Nick Sager. So, (laughs) so I'm putting all my eggs in that basket and (laughs) it's a shaky basket. (laughs) So yeah, I'm, I'm dependent upon you to get this in. Uh, obviously it is the 25th, so there's still a few days left, but I know that I can trust that you'll get it in soon. Like, like soon, like soon. Indeed. In, In fact, I need to pick for which officer position you want to get credit. There's the area director, but then there's also division director. Uh, it's up to you. Use okay, either I'll one pick. you want because the other one will carry over. Yeah, I'll pick the first one. How about that? Okay. That's what I did when I submitted another one of our members who was getting distinguished Toastmasters. He had three of those. And so I just picked the first one. And uh, who's who's the employer and company name you'd like me to send this designation to? If I say that, don't I have to like? Aren't we gonna have to like bleep it out in the? <laughs> well, it could be a shameless plug, right? Because you're self-employed. <laughs> oh, I guess yeah, uh, yeah. You can send. You can actually just send it to uh, to my Brian yeah, Brian DeCure at Complete Wealth Preservation. Okay. Oh, yeah. We, we can cover the email. Yeah. Later. Uh, yeah. yeah I just, got it. All right. Yeah. Put it in the chat. Oh, yeah. Well, what are you eating? Idea. We, we kind of. <clears throat> Sorry, I sidetracked. All right. Like, yeah, what am I eating? Okay. <laughs> well, I was, I was hungry today, by the way. It's uh, I ate a little while ago, but um, uh, just finished up just a few minutes before we hit the record button. But I found these things that. Are, I'm going to hold this up as I usually do to the camera. They're called Eat Fresco. Hmm. Deliciously honest. They are in the refrigerator section. Like they're actually in the deli section at our supermarket. And this one is a prepackaged meal. It's like vacuum sealed in a little tray. And it's at 350 calories. And let's see what else. 15 grams of fat. It's pretty low on sodium, which sometimes I do watch just trying to keep. So I try not to overdo sodium, but I don't really, you know, like obsess about it or anything. Um, it also has, uh, it has 34 grams of protein in it and it has, uh, the sticker covered the carbohydrates, 17 grams of carbs. So relatively low carbohydrates, but this meal was roasted chicken with a sriracha barbecue sauce, which is actually pretty spicy. You know, usually when somebody does something spicy, like if you go to a restaurant, my, one of my complaints is that it'll have like the little chili pepper next to it and be like, Oh, this is spicy. So be careful. And then I get it and I'm like, this is not spicy. (laughs) You know, I guess spicy (laughs) for the average person. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So so this one was actually had a little bit of spice to the the sauce, which was good. Not not overly so, but you could taste the barbecue sauce and a little bit of the sriracha in there. It also had green beans and macaroni and cheese with it. So um, all that for 350 calories, which was a good deal. Uh, I did eat something else on top of that. I liked you like deviled eggs. 
I do. Yeah. So at Publix, they have deviled eggs that they make and just put out there. Right. And so I, so I ate, uh, I basically ate uh, a package of those. <laughs> How many are there? Three eggs, three eggs. Okay. So, yeah. I'm like, is that like an egg carton? Of yeah, exactly. Yeah, I ate a dozen, a dozen, uh, and, and you, they're split in half. So that's, that's 24 deviled eggs that I had for lunch. Uh, and so the good news is that this was only 350 calories, but I ate a dozen eggs also. No. <laughs> Sounds like an excellent lunch. Yeah. No, but they're, they're, uh, they're deviled eggs. <laughs> yeah. The, the pun game is, is really strong. And I, and I think I mentioned to you that before is that when we do these five, sometimes I just completely, you have, I go back and listen sometimes and I'm like, man, the pun game's super strong. And I just blow right past them just completely. And you're just like, dang it, man. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, what is the thing? The, the Star Trek, I'm giving her everything she's got, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I'm, I'm used to it. Most of the stuff doesn't fly. And, and really I get a taste of my own medicine too. Cause I'll come across another punster and I'm just not used to it coming back to me. Right. Or yeah. kind of starting from somewhere besides myself. And I'm like, wait, that was funny. I, I didn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm slow. On You're like, oh, side. nice. Okay. So, uh, so I ate the, uh, yeah, so I had that sort of a big lunch, but I didn't have a very big breakfast. And so, um, I actually changed up my, you know, all the people that have been listening, I actually changed up my routine. So I actually have been having breakfast and, um, I found that going a little bit too long was making me a little bit hangry sometimes not having the food, especially like I worked out this morning uh, at the gym, six o'clock from six to six forty-five, And so when you're, when you go in and do like a sort of high energy workout, it, it was, it just wasn't fitting well. So, so I changed over to trying to eat sort of a little bit throughout the day. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a total reversal on what I had been doing, but, um, but I've also been tracking my calories and doing all the things that I need to do in order to make sure that my calorie deficit is there for the day and for the week um, right. that, I, that so, I need. So you're not intermittent fasting anymore or did you just change the schedule? No, I'm not. So I haven't been in fasting. So I've just been eating. Yeah, I've just been eating smaller meals throughout the day. Same amount of calories, relatively speaking, but just not condensed into a smaller amount of time. Um, and I find, I find that every once in a while I need to just change things up a little bit, you know? Um, so, uh, I feel good, but, uh, but yeah, the lunch was good. And Oh, what else am I, what am I drinking? So a little bit of energy, uh, rowdy energy, rowdy energy drink. I'd found this at the market and I'm going to, I'm going to blame, I'm going to blame that can on, the mix up with our little agenda today. Oh yeah. Hey, like it got you rowdy. It, it got me too. Yeah. It's too, too. Ironically, this is not the highest caffeine drink. Like this is not some of the, some of the bombs that they have those, uh, like bang drinks and stuff like that. Like the, the monsters and things, those have the can, this size would have like 300 grams of, of caffeine in them. This one has about 160. So 160 is just a real strong cup of coffee. So okay, grams or milligrams? Milligrams. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this only has, yeah. You're like, if it has grams, Brian, <laughs> Brian uh, you better buckle your seatbelt right now if that has 160 grams of, of caffeine in it. <laughs> my heart is about to beat out of my chest right now. And <laughs> yes, milligrams. Thank you for correcting me on that. Um, I'm sure the people at Rowdy would not want me to say that they have 160 gram. <laughs> it's not that much caffeine. <laughs> yeah, not that much. It's like a 40, 50 cups of coffee, you know? <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the unfortunate part about this is it does, it's not calorie free. So this can has about 90 calories in it, but, um, but it tastes good. The flavor is good. And uh, I bought three of them, three different flavors. And I've been sort of, I've had, I have them every once in a while. So yeah. And I've got water and that is about it. Just regular water this time. No death water or anything like that. Although if people remember the, uh, 
the water that I bought in the cans. You remember the, uh-huh. you remember that, that water, what was it called? Um, liquid death. So yeah. they have a sparkling version of that. And so I bought some of those. So <laughs> wait, 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 is it, is it soda water or seltzer? <laughs> I don't know. It's, let's see, it could be seltzer, could be soda, who knows? But anyway, so, so that's where I'm at right now. I'll be sipping on this drink while we record, but what, what about you? What are you eating today or what have you eaten? I got a spicy chicken deluxe from Chick-fil-A. Wow. Yeah. That's a rare, a rare, uh, going out day for you, like going out and getting some. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's all I got. So Dory was really good and, uh, for me to me and cooked up some tater tots. Oh, awesome. So I had something for my Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah. That, you know, there's a shortage. I heard that there's a shortage of Chick- Chick-fil-A sauce across the country. Really? Also, did you know that they sell it in big bottles in the supermarket now too? Yes. I okay. need the latter, not the former. I mean. Okay. Yeah. The, apparently there was at some point there was like a, there was a shortage at some point. So people were like, oh gosh, what am I going to do <laughs> you know, without my Chick-fil-A sauce? And there, there's just a shortage in general, right? I think it's, there, there's a lot of factors, but the, the most common one that's blamed, I would say is, things opening up from COVID, right? Like yeah. demand suddenly spiked, but they didn't exactly bring everybody back on into work to produce and manufacture and ship and everything else. So Right, right. <clears throat> well, so when you when you order from places like, uh, I know you don't eat fast food a lot, but uh, when you do, like for Chick-fil-A, do you use like the app or do you, do you actually just, do you do the old fashioned yeah. thing where you actually like drive there? <laughs> <laughs> this... This time Dory was out anyway, so on her way back she asked what I would like, and I I put the order in for us in the app. Oh, that's awesome! And then she just had to like swing by and pick it up. Yep, I love that. I, I actually think that I love using apps to be able to do stuff like that, where you're just. This sounds weird coming from a person like me, but it's nice for me to be able to just walk in and not have to talk to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't exactly engage with a cashier for, you know, depth right. of conversation. Right, it's- exactly. It's a like a, you know, menial kind of, or a task, a, a task that just needs to get done. And uh, I find the error rate is lower. Well, I feel yes. the error rate's lower, right? That yes. There's one less point of failure if, if I get to say what I want. Now it's just the cook that can mess it up, not... Not right. the cashier, yeah. then the cook, then the... Ironically, <laughs> I ordered from our local Mexican restaurant, right, one time, and uh-huh. <laughs> we got the food home, and I was like, we were supposed to have queso and guacamole in here. Like, I can't believe those guys. They messed it all up, all the stuff, and I'm just like, I was about to, like, call and go back, and then I, like, went and looked at the, uh, looked in the order. I put guacamole in twice. <laughs> <laughs> So I was, I was, uh, I was getting angry and then I'm like, oh yeah, the idiot is me. <laughs> and suddenly you're a lot less angry, right? Like, right. Exactly. Exactly. Just, just disappointed. Right. Right. I'm so, not mad at, I'm not mad at me. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you like, uh, so you said you have the spicy chicken sandwich? Yep. Yeah. That's, okay. Is that your go-to? Time, definitely go-to. Yep. Okay. Um, and it's actually spicy, you know, yes. little, it's not hot chicken spicy, but there's actually some heat there. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. That's good. That's really all I expect from, you know, highly commercialized food. Yeah. Well, if you can taste the spice then that's a, that's a win. So, well, that's good. So why, can't, why can't you count on me? Why oh, can't we got there? Sort of. Why are we even talking about counting on people, whether each other or ourselves, Mr. Double Guac? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've already determined I can't count on myself. Uh, no, it's it, the, the reason why we're talking about this subject uh, is, well, the thing that made us move towards it is that July 4th weekend is coming up here. And at least when, as of this record, and uh, and so we are... Um, 
you know, that's, that's the time when America became independent from another country, right? They obviously forget the country. (laughs) No, I didn't forget the country. I was, I was going to say the, obviously, actually I was going to say how stupid of a statement it is because yeah, it's called the declaration of independence, Brian. Yeah. So so, we got our independence from another country. Yeah. From England. I know. (laughs) Which country was that, Brian? I was focusing on the independence, not the other Uh, country. Right. It doesn't matter what country we got our independence. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and so, so we thought it would be some somewhat is apropos the right term. Sure. Apropos Paris. Right. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll look it up and see that that's completely the wrong term, but we just thought it was, uh, it was good to be talk about, um, dependence, independence and codependence and talk about what those are and, what, uh, you know, basically how those play into relationships that you have, how those play into you as, uh, in your profession or in your, your work or your job or career, and maybe talk a little bit about healthy versus unhealthy and things like that. So, um, so I guess the, the, the main thing, the first thing we can start with is just talking about the differences between dependence and independence there's actually four things dependence and independence and then there's codependence which is really technically dependence in an unhealthy way and then you have interdependence and so i thought maybe we could just talk a little bit about all of those things and talk about the thing the ways in in our lives (laughs) that they affect us let's start with the root right because they all share dependence yeah the word dependent so what what does the word dependent mean to you? Like what, what's your frame on that? Yeah. So, so basically that just means that you rely on someone else. As I, we were talking about with you, you know, you're relying on other people. There's, there are times in your life where you just have to rely on other people to get things done or to do things for you. And, uh, and, and that's okay. You're never going to get through life without having some dependence upon someone else whether that's your spouse or your partner or anything else, or, uh, you know, sometimes I depend on my children to do things. So it's like, ask them to do a chore around the house. And it's like, I'm depending upon you getting the dishwasher emptied. And so it may be a very small, small thing. But, uh, the other thing is like, you know, when you're in a marriage, you, you're depending upon the other person to stay faithful or at least stay faithful to whatever framework you have set forth for your relationship. And, and so you're, you're dependent upon that for that relationship to stay healthy. Um, so yeah, yeah. did I miss well, anything? What do you, what, how, how do you define uh, that? Yeah, I, th- I think that's all right on. Um, I would say that, you know, there, there's the act of depending, but then there's sort of the identity of depending and mm-hmm. you might have to sort of swap between both in our conversation. Cause like you can depend on someone, but not see yourself as a dependent person. Like, right. You know, that's not maybe your default state or it's, it's always circumstantial when you do. So you could be an independent person, but you still have to depend on the person in oncoming traffic to not swerve into your lane, you know? Right. Like, um, I'm sure we'll get into that nuance. The yeah, social contract. As, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and well, your advanced leader silver has been submitted. Oh, nice. We're getting like real time updates on this, this record. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so during this record, I'm actually going to be all the things will be submitted for my DTM. Like actually it's going to, sorry to sidetrack the audience here, but. <laughs> no, it, well, you know, it, I'm eventually reliable. You might have to wait a while. <laughs> it, it might be too little too late. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you can, it's okay. It's fine. I, as long as it's in with before the deadline, you know, that's the, that's really the, uh, the only thing that matters. Right. Um, so yes. yeah. So in terms of that dependence, I think also it warrants us talking about the unhealthy version of dependence, which I think has been, I don't know when this term came about, but, um, 
codependence has, you know, people who are in a codependent relationship, um, sort of have an unhealthy version version or unhealthy amount of dependency upon someone else. Uh, even an unreasonable amount, I would say where you're depending on upon someone else for something that you really shouldn't be dependent upon someone else for. It should be something that you should actually accomplish or do for yourself. And, um, and so, you know, those, the reliance on the other person can become excessive and, um, you know, it, it can prevent you, it can actually prevent the other person from developing skills that they need to develop in order to be less dependent upon someone else. So right, I think that that's where it gets to that, um, identity aspect, like your default is to yes. depend and you might've selected. One well, and the interesting thing about this, this on the interesting thing about this side of the equation is that obviously independence, you can be independent. I mean, the definition of independent independence is just really just being able to be self-sufficient, not, you don't have to depend upon one other person to do anything to get what you need to get done, right? Whatever that might be. And, uh, but codependency, ironically, it requires two people. It requires, you know, the, the, that type of a relationship requires another person to be, you know, you're usually people are in a relationship that's codependent. And unfortunately, if two people get together, there's that just happen to have the right, the perfectly right, uh, you know, set of personality traits, then that can create a sort of a runaway codependency, you know, codependent relationship. And I guess we should say now, probably we're not psychotherapists. We're not, we're not doctors. So, so don't take any of this as, as us trying to diagnose anybody psychologically. We're just trying to go over the, uh, the, the aspects here. Well, but, and as I, as, as I've looked at different articles and so on, and I read about it, like it seems everyone has their own, definition or their own line yeah what makes someone codependent and i almost wonder if that's true of the other ones too it's just not as much into our awareness you know like you know we might look at someone's behavior right and i might think he's highly independent yeah but then you might look at him and and think that um he's just independent right yeah. like where, where does that where does that line get drawn and um and I don't know, I feel like it's somewhat subjective or maybe it's kind of a gradient. There's a spectrum yeah. of, you know, overly dependent to dependent to, you know, independent. Yeah. On up to, well, uh, I think actually, I wonder if interdependence kind of in between, right? That's what I would say. I would say on, uh, if you're looking at it in the terms of a spectrum, at least in my mind, you're looking at, Independence and dependence are on two sides of a spectrum. And then the unhealthy off to way off to the other side of dependence is codependence. And then I don't know that there's a name for it, but just being too independent can be unhealthy. Um, Anti-dependent. I guess. <laughs> we, we can coin our own phrases here at help yourself. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, oh, I guess if you're, if you're completely resistant to, to, to getting help or asking help or doing it like you just literally are, I won't, I won't, you know, I won't accomplish the thing I need to accomplish because I'm not going to ask for help and be dependent upon someone else. So I know people like that. Yeah. Well, and I, I can say honestly that I'm, I somewhat feel like I try to be as self-reliant as possible. I don't want to ask somebody something if I don't have to, if I think that I can accomplish something, then I try to accomplish it myself but you're not going to get through life like that. And you're also not going to live to your maximum potential in terms of relationships, in terms of business, in terms of other things you're, you're going to need. Well, and we're going to get to it, but you're, you, the idea is to try to get to an inter interdependence. Right. Because, a healthy balance between the two. Of right. Independent exactly. and independent. Yeah. So have, have you caught the irony yet of this topic in the name of our podcast? <laughs> help yourself <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so i guess we're promoting the independent lifestyle right 
yeah. just don't be too just don't be too independent right <laughs> <laughs> well and, you know no one there's no way to be wholly independent because one you started right. out dependent when you were a child there and even then like the all of the great ideas you come up with and all the success you've had you've done on the success of others if not society and culture yeah those who decided to give you a chance even though you didn't have all the the credentials or who um you know took you aside and gave you that stern piece of advice yeah you finally listened to when you thought it was your idea you know it's just the everybody gets help whether they ask for it or not yeah and that's that's actually the i was going to say interestingly enough that very very successful people even though they they put a lot of work into whatever they've accomplished in life there's always they, a lot of people especially if you i guess the best way to or, or one of the professions that most says this is people who are in movies or tv or like actors is they somewhere you have a break and the actors will call it a big break like okay i got this was my big break right mm-hmm. And I'd been doing it for X amount of years. Uh, and to you, it might be the first time that you see that person in a movie or in a TV show, but they've been working for 10, 12, 15 years doing bit parts and doing this and going to auditions and just not quite getting the part. And then their big break comes and you're like, oh, wow, overnight success. And it's not overnight <laughs> success. <laughs> it's yeah, a, a little bit of oh. Malcolm Glad- Gladwell for you, you know, is that that there's always that tipping point or the 10,000 hours that happens. And, um, and so, uh, so yeah, you, you're going to on, at some point in your life, someone's going to give you a nudge and give you a little bit of help. And whether that is your parents helping you get through your education or other things, then, you know, uh, which is one of the things they say is healthy dependency when you're a child, obviously you're dependent upon your parents. Like my children are dependent upon me going to work and making enough money to keep a roof over our head and have food on the table and all of those things. But it's my job to teach them as they roll into adulthood to learn when they need to be dependent, when they need to be independent and, um, and other things like that. So, um, I was quickly just before we get away from the codependency, I know we, we already sort of did a little bit. I pulled up a website that is um it's just a blog and it's uh gstherapycenter.com i'll put the link in the show notes when we get done but okay. it has a little bullet points for signs that you may be codependent so i thought maybe this could <laughs> you know there's there's eight or ten right so signs you may be code codependent you tend to love people that you can pity and rescue you feel responsible for the actions of others you do more than share in relationship to keep the peace you are afraid of being abandoned or alone. You feel responsible for your partner's happiness. You need approval from others to gain your own self-worth. You have difficulty adjusting to change. You have difficulty making decisions and often doubt yourself. You're reluctant to trust others and your moods are controlled by the thoughts and feelings of those around you. Mm, that last one was is a big one, right? Because I mean, for me, I think part of being codependent or being overly dependent is offloading your emotional well-being mm-hmm. to something outside of yourself, right? right. It's, it's like you don't know what to do. You don't even know what to feel or what to think unless someone has signaled to you what you should do, feel, or think. Yeah. You know? um, well, and I, I, the, just, yeah. I mean, the interesting like, thing for me is that, uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, whether you think this is a spiritual belief, not you, but people out there think this is a spiritual belief or not. But what I really would like to instill in, in like, as an example, in my children is, Hey, you know, you're, you're not going to be made happy. Like you're not going to be contented by the items that you own or the things that are outside of you. Cause at some point there's a chance those things might disappoint you. Think, you know, new things break and they get old and, you know, material items and things like that. And, uh, relationships, you know, they don't always work. They're not, you know, even though if you make a commitment and say, I'm going to be married to this person forever, uh, 
so if you if your happiness is tied to that or if your contentment with life is tied to that then there's a chance that at some point you might be you know you might be uh failed by that and and so i think that's why being codependent is so dangerous because it, it could send you down a a terrible path mentally if those things fail you that relationship fails you or whatever it is you're codependent upon uh typically the relationship is if that relationship fails you and the person the other person is just i'm tired i can't take care of you anymore and they leave you and then your your world is turned upside down and so it, it's one of those things where i think that's why it becomes you know becomes dangerous if you don't understand that you are codependent and try to work towards at least go from codependent on our spectrum back to being just somewhat dependent and then maybe even trying to work towards being interdependent and, and somewhat independent as well. So, um, so anyway, I didn't mean to sidetrack us there. That was good. Uh, I'm having a trouble uh, sifting through the, the various thoughts. Well, the, the other thing that we can talk about is independence and the the thing that I was trying to um, I was trying to find I, I had a thing. Well, let me let me. I guess we can go here now. Is I'm gonna. Uh, this is because I love going here. As as listeners, to this podcast will know. Is it mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna talk about mayonnaise again, guys. <laughs> uh, no, not mayonnaise. I wish. Um, <laughs> Anyway, no, it's uh, Stephen Covey, my second favorite subject after mayonnaise. Oh, so, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we we had an episode a little while ago on time management. If you haven't listened to it, it's uh, was our episode just, from May sixth. Yeah, just a couple of tools. Just a couple of tools. We're talking about ourselves too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that on um, in that we talked about. Uh, Stephen Covey's strategy, actually it was Dwight D. Eisenhower's strategy before that, the the uh, the time management quadrant or the matrix, uh, if you will. Not the movies, the matrix, but the the, <laughs> the quadrants. Importance and urgent, the two, right. the, the four square of importance versus urgency. Exactly, exactly. So uh, one of the things though is, as, as most of you know, the seven habits of highly effective people uh, is something that I've sort of, I've listened to for, or I've known about and listened to and read the books multiple times and have, uh, you know, sort of always have it in the back of my head and thinking how it fit, how things fit into it. So his seven habits are broken up into the first three are about independence. The second three are about interdependence. And then the last one is what we're doing with this podcast, which is continual improvement, trying to continually improve Right. Sharpen which is, the saw, right? Which is what? Sharpen the saw, right? Sharpen the saw, exactly. Yeah, this is that habit seven, sharpen the saw. The, the interesting thing to me, or one of the interesting things is that it's so brilliant to me. That's why I think why this resonates with me so much is that I know Stephen Covey was a brilliant guy, but he packaged everything together. I think all this stuff was available. It wasn't like he invented this stuff, as we can right. see, because it was Dwight D. Eisenhower who came, you know, came up with that quadrant system. He just used it and he publicized it and packaged it. And he went to Harvard and he was a very smart guy, well educated and publicized, right? And just the 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 way that everything is broken down just always sort of blows my mind a little bit. So that's enough of me uh rest his soul, uh talk about yeah. <laughs> talking about Stephen Covey. Well, but I think there's there's wisdom in it. For sure, because like to, to be codependent, you're depending on something outside. Of, you're depending on things outside of your control. Yes. And, you know, we could get super philosophical and ask whether we have, you know, do we really have full control over ourselves? But I think if you look even at that as a gradient, yeah, um, we have more control. We have over ourselves and our actions than we do over anyone else's or anything else or any, any other institution. So if you're going to have any efficacy and depend on anything, you would depend on yourself. Yes. 
you gain mastery over that thing that you have the most control over before you try to control or manipulate everything around you. Well, and it's, I'm glad that you say that because Stephen Covey's first habit that be proactive is in my mind somewhat close to that because the opposite of being proactive is what would you say the opposite is? Brian, I was passive. <laughs> no, <laughs> passive. I said passive. Passive. No, I, well, I would say is that the opposite of proactive, proactivity is reactivity. You're reacting oh. to things around you where mm-hmm. you're saying, yeah, think the life is happening to you and right. you're just Victim reacting mentality. to the things. And exactly what you just said, which is, you know, we can't control everything around us and we can't, you know, I, on a, some level can't control ourselves, but people who are very reactive, it's, it's almost like they're not in control because they're just waiting for things to happen to them. And then they're perceiving those in a certain way and then reacting to that. Right. And they're, so the, they're conditional. Everything they do is conditional on other things. Right. As opposed right. to themselves. Yeah. And like the, the whole doing. proactivity habit is no, you need to go out and like, you need to go out and actually be independent and do things regardless of what's happening around you. you. If you set a goal or you set some kind of, you know, sights on something that you need to get done, then you've got to be proactive about it. And so that's, you know, number one in the independent, uh, maybe I'll just go through these two just so that the audience can, can hear the seven habits. So the three independence habits are that first one, be proactive, uh, begin with the end in mind. So that's literally where do I want to go? And now I'm going to try to get there. And then first, make sure you rest your ladder against the right wall. Right. I always love that saying, yeah, make sure your make sure your ladders, I, it might've been a Stephen Covey quote. Actually. It is, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then the third one is first things first, which is the quadrants. That's how do you manage your time? How do you, what's the first, what, how do I prioritize? Which is ironically one of the things that we had a trouble, we had trouble with or when we dealt with those, those proactivity, I mean, not the proactivity, the, the time management stuff is that's the biggest thing that you have to deal with is how do I prioritize what gets, what I need to do first. And, uh, and so you can hear us squirm and try to figure that out in that episode. If you go back and listen to it. So those, those three, the be, be proactive, begin with the end in mind. First things first, those are in the independence ones. And then the interdependence habits are hopefully going to get you to a place where you're working in a way with other people that's going to get you a much greater result than if you two were working separately. So like, hopefully maybe our, maybe our, our podcast as us being inter- interdependent means that just because we only have two people working on the podcast, hopefully it yields a much greater result than the sum of the effort that we both put into it. So I would, I would say so. Yeah. I so, if I tried to do a podcast on my own, it it would be so dry. So well, boring. and the and the other thing is, as we've talked about before, actually talked about in our last episode, is is our personality types seem to actually fit together in a way that, as you as you so blatantly said in the last episode, we have nothing in common except except Toastmasters in this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> So that, so that interdependent relationship uh, of us, you know, uh, go, so here, here's the next three habits for interdependence, which we've talked about quite often. Think win-win is number four, uh, seek first to understand. This is so, I love this one. Seek first to understand, then be understood. And this is one that I struggle with. And the reason why is not because I, I, I'm very, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm, I have a very easy time putting myself in the shoes of someone else, but in order to seek to understand, you have to listen. And one of the things that I constantly am trying to work on is not to talk, like shut my mouth for a second (laughs) and, and just listen to what the other person has to say so that I can, so I can understand what's going on. Um, and so I, I just love that seek first to understand if I feel like if everyone did that, the world would be a better place. It's like, it, I feel like it's more quiet. 
It's like, no, no, you go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I, I want to understand how you what you think. No, I want to understand what you think. <laughs> so we've got so so we have that one that the seek first to understand, then be understood, and then synergize. And that is a a word well, that word got used a lot thanks to him, didn't it? That's yes, <laughs> and that's what I was going to say is he, not that he invented that word, but he definitely took it and made a framework, built a framework around it that now everyone, I mean, back in, back in the day, you know, the eighties yeah. and nineties, that was like, Hey, we're going to synergize. We're going to, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's Nick, Nick putting, his, together. Yeah, putting his fingers yeah, together. Hands. Um, and so, what, so what does he mean by synergize though? Like what, what, what did it mean before, you know, corporations overused it? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, here, let's look. Hold on a second. No, no, that's okay. Well, while that's, you look at all, know everything, something else. Stephen well, so Curry. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what he said. In in this is so synergizes exactly what we were saying before. The sum of the total is more. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, excuse me. The sum of the total. The sum of the effort is greater than. Or the, excuse <laughs> me, the to, gosh, man. Sorry. The the total. Uh, the the total is greater than the sum of its parts. There you go. So, <laughs> wow, that took a lot, man. That took a lot. I need to drink some more of this caffeine or, or yeah. a little less or something. Anyway, something. Uh, yeah, the idea is achieve goals that not anybody could have achieved alone through working as a team and right. working together. So that could be a team as a relationship or that could be a team as a in a in workplace or whatever else. And I think if people... If in, independent people are working together towards a common goal that has the you know win-win, and you're seeking to understand, mm-hmm. like synergy kind of falls into their laps, you know. Right. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, you know how little we work on this podcast, and I feel like we're doing a, <laughs> a bang-up job in a lot of ways. Um, well, it it's one of those <laughs> things that um, I always think about it. Well, I, I'll put it this way. I used to play football in high school, actually junior high school and high school. So I played football for about six years. And one of the things that all of the people on the teams always would say is do your job, just do your job. Like if everyone does their job, then we score. Right. Yeah. But we're not going to score if half the people are doing their job or if half. So that, that thing of, we've got 11 players on the field, but we need all 11 players to do what they're supposed to do. And that's when you really start getting the synergy is like, Hey, one player alone, isn't going to be able to score. Cause you got 11 guys on the other side. that are trying to stop that one guy from scoring. But if you've got 11 guys that are working together and all doing their part, then the result is achieved. And mm-hmm. One of the things Stephen Covey said, I don't remember if it's in his book or not, but I know he, he said it like in his leadership workshops and stuff before he passed, was that um, two independent people working together, that's interdependency. Two right. dependent people trying to work together is codependency. Got it. You yeah. know how like, the... the the enabler and the narcissist have a habit of finding each other mm-hmm. It's because in their own way, they're both codependent. They both seek happiness from sources outside themselves or from relationships, you know, latching on and attaching yeah. in unhealthy ways. Um, so yeah, I just thought that that was kind of like a light bulb moment for me when I heard that, how those all relate with each other. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, it's definitely, um, I mean, it's one of those things where the, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm like, (laughs) totally lost my train of thought. Sometimes that happens. Sure. Uh, So I guess the, uh, the next thing is, um, how do you, you know, how do you build or, well, here, let me put this on that same blog post. There's a, uh, bullet points that talk about key values of interdependent relationships, right? Because that's really, if we're trying to get to interdependency, then, um, you know, which is, I I guess it's interesting to me because interdependent is like very, I feel like it's like an exact hybrid between independent and dependent. So it's like, 
you you have you're dependent when you need to be you're independent when you need to be but everyone is doing that and they're sort of flip-flopping going well I'm depending upon you to do this but I'm also being independent and finishing my job doing doing what I need to get done whatever that is so a few values of inter- interdependent relationships might be active listening again what I was talking about before what I what I struggle with and what what I try to and ironically toastmasters has taught me a lot about that because that's part of the process is well, I think I think that's also seeking first to understand then be yes. the active listening and that are like almost one to one yes and okay so active listening healthy boundaries time for personal interests clear communication taking personal responsibility for behaviors and emotions creating safety for one another to be vulnerable, engaging and responding to one another, open and approachable body language. Here's a big one. Not being afraid to say no. <laughs> we did an episode on that too. We did. We, we did. <laughs> I know. We have, we, we've covered some of these, I think. Yeah. And not keeping parts of yourself hidden to please your partners. You know, it's funny. I didn't, that's an interesting one to me because one of the things I always told myself when I was dating is that I'll know, uh, well, what I found out is when I dated certain people, I felt like I had to keep certain parts of my personality and or my likes and dislikes or whatever else hidden Mm -hmm. from them. And so when you, when you find out that, like, as an example, I talked about like my wife doesn't eat fish. Right. And, uh, but she's okay with me eating fish. So it's, I feel like one of those things that's very, that I always was, uh, I, I sort of knew when I was going to have the right partner is when I could be myself completely and they were like, yeah, I appreciate you. I don't, I'm not like that, but I appreciate you for who you are. And that's my, that's my wife, of course. Uh, and I'm going to start crying. No. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, uh, you know, it's interesting that uh, I think to a certain extent too, when you're in new relationships, sometimes you do sort of like as a self-protective measure, you sort of like, you know, I'm trying to still read this person and try to figure out like, and so you don't, you don't just come right out of the gate, just open. Yeah. There's kind of an unspoken rule that you, you don't show the worst side of yourself on the first date Yeah, (laughs) or at the job interview. Like everybody knows nobody's perfect. Right. You don't have to show all your imperfections day one. Like let let that be a slow reveal. Yeah. Wear deodorant, you know, (laughs) (laughs) comb your hair. Right, right. Take a shower. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> don't be that authentic, you know, like this is right. just my natural scent. <laughs> well, and it, it, what's interesting is honestly, have you ever met someone like that? Like every once in a while you meet someone, it's pretty jarring. Like when you meet someone and you're just like, whoa, like, wow, I'm just getting like, I met you, I just met you three or four minutes ago and I know like half your life story already. Right. And it's, it's disconcerting. I don't know if it's because of the social contract. Like, okay, since nobody is supposed to reveal their faults day one, right? Those who do must think that that's their best attributes. Yeah. <laughs> or, or right. what? What else is off about them that's even worse that they're too scared to say because they're comfortable saying this on day one? Yes. Um, yeah. You know, so it it creates all these questions and it sort of breaks the game, makes people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I I feel like. I also feel like too, some, sometimes, and I think, I actually think Stephen Covey talked about this a little bit is, you know, certain things you can, you can allow things that happen to you to define you, or you can say, yeah, that's something that happened to me or has happened to me or near me or whatever, but it doesn't define me. And I think some people, a lot of times uh, I've, I've noticed when I have had conversations with somebody like that, they've allowed whatever that is, that struggle or that whatever to define them. And they've identified with it. Like they yeah. now, now hold on to it as this is part of me. 
and and it's uh you know so on some some levels a little bit sad sometimes just because i think we all do it a little bit it just depends on what it is but well uh, yeah i think we're we do that selection right that story selection that yeah i mean hopefully we we base we create that story based off of um multiple data points right it's like okay Every time I eat pizza, I feel better about myself. So I am a pizza lover, right? Right. But, but if I just had one slice of pizza and it happened to be, you know, really old and yeah, whatever, and I didn't like it, and I say I hate pizza, I'm just somebody who hates pizza. Yeah. You're like, you really gonna let that one yeah. incident define you? Right. Who you are your your experience of that part of life. It's like, yeah, variety yeah. is a slice of life. <laughs> Well, I, I think that, I mean, it, I guess identifying with, uh, with any kind of a negative, you know, sometimes there's a negative, a lot of times it's a negative thing that's happened to you or, uh, the other thing I think is uh, sometimes it's social, uh, you know, it's, it's a, the social mirror where somebody has told you, and actually Stephen Covey talks about a little bit about this, talks about, you know, you, you, part of you, part of your development as you go into adulthood is your parents said that this is what we are. Like this is, you're, def- you somewhat are defined to a certain extent of like, well, yeah, our family is Republicans or our family is, you know, our family's Jewish, our family's Christian, our family is Catholic. Um, and, uh, or one of the other things he said is, yeah, you know what? We're just people that have a, a quick, a short fuse. We just have a temper. And he talks about that as being very, you know, you're, you're, you're pushing off responsibility for something. You're like, Hey, I can't help it. I just, I get mad easily. I can't help it. It's just who I am. And it's like, it's not who you are. It's you've decided that's who you are, but it's not. And I think that's the point of, you know, sort of the point of what we talk about in this podcast is there's always a way for you to look at something and say, okay, uh, you know, you're always going to self-define in some, some level, but is, is it getting me what I want? Is it getting me what I need? Am I contented? Am I, do I have healthy relationships? Do I have all the things that I need? That's really the bottom line with this, as well as some of our last thing, like the, the, the personality tests and other things like that. The, the idea is use it as a tool to try to, you know, to try to get something more out of life, um, and to to improve yourself and to improve the amount of, you know, and so for some people that is a religion, you know, where it's uh, where they, you know, that's that's a something that gives them peace, it gives them uh, a connectedness, and and it allows them to you know, to have that feeling of, I know, I sort of know what's going on. I have a, I'm, I'm content in my own little world. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, th- I think, um, coming back to 4th of July, right? Yeah. Um, and just that now just a high level cursory analysis of how that all took place. Are you talking about when we gained independent from another country? Yes, from that other country. <laughs> Starts with the G, ends with Great Britain. <laughs> its initials are Great Britain. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we were independent before we declared independence. Right. Right. Like that was the kind of the big beef was that taxation without representation. That, um, you know. Europe, England was claiming to be daddy or big brother or whatever. Yeah. And doing all this stuff for the colonies when they weren't really like the colonies were having to do everything themselves. Right. Except ship over a bunch of money to pay taxes. Yeah. Uh, so they already had that spirit of independence. Everything effectively they were doing themselves or amongst themselves. Um, they just needed to put it on paper and fight for it so that that codependent relationship got broken. 
right the codependent relationship with england you know yeah well interesting it's interesting you bring that up at the sort of tail end of this because i was thinking about that and i was thinking now in the current global scheme that we have i don't know that you could say that there's any completely independent countries there's there's countries that need resources from other countries whether that be food or natural you know minerals and oil and things like that and because uh, there's certain countries that don't have those things within their boundaries and and so the and, and not only that but we uh, in the United States obviously have used other countries to uh, to manufacture things that we need uh, whether that be directly adjacent to us in Canada and Mexico or uh, obviously what most people you know know of is at China is China that is a major manufacturer of things that are sold in America. Sure. And so it's not that we're absolutely dependent upon China, but or any of those other countries. It's that uh, we've decided to have like a, a relationship where it's like a mutually theoretically a mutually win win. And I think when you see in politics, you see the sort of fighting happen about that. It's that we have we have codependent people trying to manage our interdependent right <laughs> right relationships. Well, and you've got and you you've also got independent theoretically. You've got countries that they're they they want to make money and they they want to make their economy strong and everything else. But and to a certain extent, they are dependent upon other countries in order to make that happen. Oh yeah. China would be in a bad spot if we weren't a country of consumers. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if, and if we, and if, and if, tool. yeah. And if three quarters of manufacturing came back to the United States for some reason, whatever that reason might be, um, then, you know, then they would have to figure out some other way to, to have create jobs. I mean, have people that, ha- you know, that put people to work. And so we, I think we voluntarily have become somewhat, dependent slash codependent upon other countries. And uh, not only that, but we're dependent upon other countries to not, you know, because of the way the global economy works. uh, Again, just for those out there, we're not economists either. So don't, (laughs) don't think, (laughs) but the, the global economy is, Hey, if, if somebody does really, really well with their money, like meaning the dollar is strong or something else, that means there's you're you're gonna other countries are compared against that. So yeah, but I think as, as a world we we're hoping, that, and it seems to be that the total is greater than the sum of its right countries. You know, yes, that, um, capitalistic economics one hundred and one talks about competitive advantage, and you know we do that now that because. Um, you know, America or the U S specializes in what it specializes in. Yeah. We're going to create a better product for cheaper. And because China specializes what it specializes in, it's going to create a better product for cheaper. Right. So that we all benefit. Right. If it wasn't wasn't for the economy, then we'd all be um, hunter gatherers or farmers. But now we can like, I can do what I do as a day job and make X number of dollars an hour so that I can pay someone another X amount of dollars an hour. Y dollars yeah. an hour to mow my grass. Right. Like, it'd take me three hours to mow my grass, <laughs> but it takes him 15 minutes. Right. And yeah, I'm paying him for maybe two hours of my work to do it. Right. But I get three hours back that I can produce something more, you know, and yeah, yeah, we all win. Um, because he has a competitive advantage by having a super fast lawnmower. Right. So he can cut more lawns than the average person or, you know, cut your lawn more quickly so he can get onto the next job. Yep. And I don't have to figure out some way to maintain a rotting lawnmower. I'm right. I'm happy. Yeah. So happy. <laughs> happy. You're not dependent upon a riding lawnmower, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm not dependent on my lawn guy, right? Like right. I could, I do have a push mower. If I wanted to be independent, yeah, or if I found him to be unreliable, I could go mow my own lawn, or right. find someone else to mow it for me, pay yeah. someone else to do it. So there's that 
interdependence. It's like, yeah. I do count on them, but I don't have to. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the other bit between codependent people feel like they have to depend on someone that they have wholly attached. Right. Right. That they, um, they don't have the, like, you know, that you have the skills and the equipment in order to actually do that but you just are choosing not to. Whereas a codependent person would be, they don't feel like they have the tools or the equipment to be able to, even if they do. And we're talking, I'm talking about emotional tools or equipment. Sure. Yeah. They don't feel like they can. Right. They don't feel like they have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's what we're, I think that's what we set out to talk about. And, and, you know, those of you listening at home or in your car, we know you have a choice when you listen to podcasts. And you know, if you want to have a codependent relationship with us, we won't stop you, but we'd much prefer that it be your choice and that you choose us. And if you'd like to talk about that choice, email us, helpyourself at brynick.com. B-R-Y-N-I-C.com. So that was some food for thought, right? That was definitely All something that. we thought. Yeah. All right. Happy 4th of July in the past. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Help Yourself, you can follow on Instagram at helpyourselfthepodcast. And to contact Brian and Nick, email helpyourself at brynick.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.